back. Oh, and it tells you in your ear, recording in progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. start doing that. <laughs> Very nice. Let's hop into this here. We got an NBA Finals game to watch uh, in a little bit here. So, Crackbacks, we're back. We had a little hiatus there, a little, little break, a little recharge, and a little traveling. Uh, just did a little life. So, we, we're back. The yeah. sports are heating up here. You know, baseball's going on. Not much to talk about there. Both our teams suck. Uh, football's getting ready to get ramped up. We'll have more of that coming in the next few weeks here because they're going to be back in OTAs, camps. Right around the corner, preseason, the truncated two-game preseason right around the corner. But you know what's happening before all of that? The Olympics. Are you excited? Do you care? I'm usually an Olympics guy, dude. I love Olymp- I love the Olympics. This year, I'm not really feeling – they're not going to have fans now. I don't know. How are you feeling about the Olympics, though? Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. Like, I already wasn't that excited about the Olympics. You know, I've stated on many occasions to you guys, and the, the audience should know – my opinion of Olympic basketball, how they should just scrap the entire format and do team USA versus team world best of seven. I think, I think that would get a lot of viewers. Not <laughs> just, well, just saying you're at least, you have to have at least three teams so that you have a chance at a medal stand. So we can go continent by continent. If you want to do for, it that way. I don't, I don't think that matters. Well, <laughs> no, you, you'll have some battles for the silver medal though. Cause you know, sometimes Europe will win it. Maybe sometimes South America when they have a good Argentina team. So, you know, the, the, the second place is where the intrigue comes in uh, with Olympic basketball, as long as NBA players are involved. But remember, we brought NBA players back because David Robinson couldn't win in 1988. We got a bronze in 1988. And we also didn't, we got a bronze, we got a bronze in 2006, I believe. That's the team with Marbury and, and, and a very young LeBron and a young Carmelo. I think that was 04, but yeah. So it was, yeah, you're right. I think I'm giving it an off. I have them playing basketball at the Winter Olympics. You know, well, that, so, yeah, I think it's because I, actually, I think you're also uh, confusing you a little bit because I actually think in FIBA 06, they also got bronze medal. Another great feat okay. by the LeBron James with Team USA basketball. <laughs> oh, yo, you are the most consistent LeBron James hater on you know, this side of the Mason-Dixon line, and, and I applaud you for your consistency in your LeBron James hate. doesn't matter what conference he's in. He's been in the West for a couple of years. didn't matter. He went back to Cleveland. I hated him because he was on the heat. You hate him because you hate him. And, I, and I, your, consistency, <laughs> your consistency is something that, that we, we can only applaud and only hope that uh, you know, R.J. Barrett's jump shot remains as consistent as you are with your, with your hate. Of the now, so that's not going to be playing in the Olympics because the Canada didn't get there. But RJ Barrett did ball out in a couple of the other uh, kind of qualifying games. The rest of the team is garbage. He's out there playing with Jermaine Wiggins. But the, I can't believe that. How does that team not make the the, the Olympics? They have so they have all the NBA US. players. Exactly. Other than the U.S., they're the team with the most NBA guys, and they didn't make the and <laughs> and Luca Luca took Slovenia by himself. And look at this, yeah. In Europe, and Europe's got some, you know, perennially good, decent squads over there. Like Put France has got that. some NBA players. I could, I didn't watch any of the games. I did see RJ had decent numbers. He had 20 points in two of the games, and uh, he had decent assist numbers. And rebounding was good, too. But the uh, – I can only assume it's Jermaine Wiggins' fault that, that Canada – It has to be. Fun. And I but, even saw him in, in, that, in that game that they lost because it was on ESPN+. Plus. I just couldn't watch it because – there was no sound, so the, it was completely mute the entire time, and it was choppy. The feed was—I was getting annoyed. I wanted to watch it because obviously I wanted to watch R.J. Barrett, but I yeah. couldn't because it was just so—it was such a bad viewing experience. But then I see the highlights. Wiggins hits this 
this step back three to tie it to go to overtime. So like, I can't even imagine how bad he shot. <laughs> like if yeah, they that, still lost after he hit that shot. If he, yeah, made just, the, if he made that one, he must've missed all the other ones he took before it. Yeah. Cause they still lost. So I'm assuming he didn't shoot very well. And the rest what of the team waste. shot like barely 40%. What a waste of athletic ability. That guy's a supreme athlete. Just can't play basketball. But that's besides the point. Now the Olympics here, big story. Track and field, uh, gold medal, hopeful, uh, maybe the front runner for it. I think she had the fastest time uh, in 2021. But Shakira Richardson, not even they're not even giving her a chance to uh, to try to get a clean drug test in. They left her off the roster, so she's not even traveling with them to Japan. Uh, well, first off, she has they're having a COVID outbreak, and according to some Canadian scientists, cannabis fights COVID. So she should be going. She may be the most protected one on the entire uh, track and field team. Plus, you know, that, that drug list, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but that drug list is to protect the sport. It's, it's not supposed to be a, a personal protection thing. So if they're protecting the sport, how is Shakari Richardson smoking you know, in, in a joint or, or whatever? I believe it was that she said it was just a joint. How is that hurting the game? It's, it's not a, a, a performance-enhancing drug, so she's not going to gain any, you know, shave any time off of, off of her, uh, you know, 100-meter dash or whatever her, her friggin' uh, uh, event is. It's kind of ridiculous that it's still on that list. Well, I think the Olympic Committee is very similar to the NCAA, and I mean it by, I think they're in their last, grasp attempt to to retain control so they do things like this to make sure they let people know they're still in charge because they're not really needed it's clear that they're no. not really needed like you said there's no like even boxing they just just today i saw in the news the nevada boxing commission is now not like marijuana is not in the illegal substance list anymore mm-hmm. it doesn't so affect even, the game it's ridiculous cocaine affects the game so yeah. you know all, we've both seen all the film of lawrence taylor you know, sniffing coke out of a towel and then running back onto the field like a madman, that energizes you and changes you mentally in a positive fashion for sports. Uh, I don't think anybody's sitting on any, you know, professional Olympic or, or college sideline, uh, you know, eating an edible or, or, or lighting up a joint or something because it's not going to assist them in the game that they're playing in right now. It, it, the fact that she had that, yes, yeah, she had a traumatic experience. That's besides the point. R.I.P. Uh, to to her mom, of course, and you know, the condolences to the Richardson family. You know, losing a parent is a difficult thing. Uh, you would think that it would have given some sort of leniency, uh, and I believe it was in a state that's also legal that she did. Now right. I get it. Rules are rules, which is what the the committees had said, and, and she knew what she was doing before she did it. So really, she should have, you know, a CYA type deal and that she could have really covered herself. But it's, a, it's an overcorrection again. for And, and it's taking away from what the, the, the Olympics is supposed to be about the absolute, absolute best athletes on there. And the best athletes aren't going. So it's kind of taking it. The fan, no fans going to be in the stands. I'm not as excited for these Olympics as I have been for many things in the past. And we were even talking about uh, a friend of mine earlier today. I, we, we get it. They can't cancel it. Right? Like, like, it was like the UEFA, uh, the you know, Europe, European football. They canceled it last year, and they couldn't cancel it again. But at least they weren't in the middle of a, another outbreak, and the stands were full. 
the the atmosphere of Wembley when they went into over, you know, into extra time with, with England and what was it? it uh, not Den- Denmark. Denmark, Denmark, right? Denmark, yeah. England, Denmark. That atmosphere is amazing. You know, yeah. I'm a I'm a fringe European soccer fan. I like the sport, but I'm not as deep into it as I am. You know, the sports that are here on this side of the Atlantic. But I was drawn in. I was stuck. And you're not going to get that with the Olympics. You're only going to watch the sports that you're truly a fan of because you, you just want to see the, the technical parts of that. But you're not going to watch swimming and other kind of, you know, other stuff like that. that the, the, the crowd not being there takes away a lot from the Olympics. And I wish maybe they should push it back and do the autumn Olympics instead of summer because it's going to – I'm not excited. Yeah, and, and, and even with the other sports – I think in the past we've had, you know, like people wanted to see Michael Phelps swim. You know, there, there is no Michael Phelps anymore. Like, you know, maybe that Simone Biles, maybe she uh, attracts viewers, but with gymnastics, like it's even shorter than the NFL in terms of like your prime years yeah. of like, she's you know, a, being she's the best in like, the world, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm no gymnastics expert. I, I just, you know, see somebody doing stuff that Jet Li does in movies, you know, in real life. Yeah, I'm not a gymnastics expert either. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, watch it for a little bit, but mm-hmm. and that's a that's a USA root, you know, root, root for you know, you know, USA right. USA type deal on that. But it, it's really losing. It's funny enough that you brought up Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps, a known exactly, exactly. It was not in the Olympics. Usain Bolt yeah, too was an exact. Never a secret. So why is it now? Is it because it's a slow year? Is it? The Japanese are, are, you know, they're really, their culture is very anti that. I, I don't know why they, they brought the gauntlet down on her. She's not the first, that, the first athlete right. and the first star athlete. This is, you know, this is our number one female sprinter, uh, you know, for the, I think the 100 meters because Allison Felix is two and the four. So I don't know. I, I'm not, you know, not as excited for the Olympics. And one of the things that, that, that you mentioned that I want to dig into a little bit was because, you know, we're, we're saying, that it's not a performance enhancer, which obviously I agree. Mm-hmm. So then let's look, you know, recently a couple of guys have come out, you know, most notably Percy Harvin and Ricky Williams. And they both said they used to play high the entire time. Yeah. So I know Percy Harvin personally used to deal with anxiety at the university of Florida. So that's why that's how he was able to cope with playing in a large, with a large crowd at UF or, you know, in, in the NFL, um, could they have been more explosive if they weren't if they weren't on weed, or did the weed help them? No. Like that's one. That's that's there. It's one situation there, and also baseball too because you're you're a little more relaxed. Because um, that's why a lot of the guys. I mean, even though it's still a different effect, but they used to chew so much tobacco back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, I just think clear cut in these three sports that we talked about: track and field, football, and boxing. There's no advantage to you smoking weed. None, none whatsoever. The advantage comes after the competition. Is that, yeah. I don't know if, any, if you've ever seen uh, Pumping Iron, Lou Ferrigno and Arnold Schwarzenegger and all of them. Yeah. All, all I have a terrible Arnold voice. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got a terrible Arnold. Even, ter- even Arnold has a terrible Arnold. Uh, they, would, they, they, they would you know, have after they worked out for the recovery. Yeah. You know, these are muscles and all. But that's just, that's just, I understand it. it, it the, the Olympics usually, I'm I'm up here ready to go. I'll still watch the basketball, of course. I'll flip on the track and field, but it's not doesn't have the feel. I'm not getting up in, early in the morning to watch it live. I'll watch the tape delay on NBC when I get home from work. 
That's the is, way is Usain, is Usain Bolt like too old now, or is this like his last one? Do you know anything about that? I don't even know. I'm not sure. I have to, I have to look into that. I wasn't even sure if he was still running. He is kind of old. This would be his what, yeah. third third Olympics. Or you, you I think it'd be him, his I mean, fourth if he played. I think he'd be his fourth. Yeah, I think this would be his fourth. This would be the, the it's a 12-year span. Mm-hmm. And he's a special, special athlete. I mean, he's a, a bigger sprinter than you're supposed to be. And but sprint's a, still a young man's game. Like sprinting is still exactly. a young man's game. So. Exactly. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, he was still dusting people the last time I saw him on a track. I haven't. It's not that I'm slipping on track and feel all the time when it's not an Olympic year. But the last the last couple right. times I've seen him run, he was still he was still absolutely dusting people. But to, you know, mm-hmm. bring, bringing it back to to this coast here because I say we're, we're, we're keeping an eye on the time because we want to get out of here. Time for for tip off. The NBA finals are one game in. And my son came out to me yesterday and looked at me and he goes, uh, so Carmelo's going to be the last one off the banana boat without a ring. <laughs> so, you see what team he's picking to win the championship. He's got Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns winning. I agree. I think it's going to go only five. I only see Milwaukee being mildly competitive. They had a pretty healthy-looking Giannis in game one. He moved pretty well. He shot like shit like he normally does. Pick 87 seconds to shoot free throws like he normally does, but they're they're not as good. Phoenix is just a better basketball team. Losing Sarge does hurt. I know you love Dario Sarge, uh, but there is the UNC man, Cam Johnson, coming in, swapping purest form in the game. Oh my god! Only Steph, only Steph's a better shooter, but purest form. Okay, so now you finally admit it. Steph is better because at first it was he's the purest in the game. No, dude. That's the best shooter to ever touch a basketball. All right. So I actually see this a little different because when I watched that game yesterday, if they solve one problem, that's like a 30 point swing in the game. And it's switching Brooke Lopez on Chris Paul and Devin Booker. If, if, if Budenholzer switches the defense to stop doing that, because defensively I like the matchup of drew on Chris Paul and Middleton and PJ Tucker on Booker because they're both bigger and they're both stronger than both of them. So I think it's, this, this is not, not going to be a short series, in my opinion. Lopez I still think best, Phoenix is going to have been their best offensive player outside of Middleton over the past four or five years. But you can't have years. him guard the backcourt of Phoenix. Come on. That's no, bad coaching. No, but he, he's, he's going to get killed in the pick and roll regardless, though, because even if he – Aiton, he can't run with Aiton either. Aiton's a superior athlete. So he's the slowest guy on the court regardless of who is there. So are you going to sit him? Are you going to play Giannis at the five, or are you going to bring in Bobby Portis? Yeah, that's that's exactly what they'll do. They they can't play. Okay. They they got to go smaller like they did the last series. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's what they did the last series, and that's how they came back and won. Basically, they stopped putting Brook Lopez. Well, Giannis got hurt, obviously, but yeah, but I don't trust Giannis. I, I just I've, I've been saying I've been recorded on here over and over that I don't think that that he's a front line championship player, and it's the fact that if they do start to go on a little bit of run. Uh, a little bit of a run, and that lead gets up to eight or ten points. You start hacking Giannis. It's boring, but you know, do you? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, once you win a championship, no one—they don't put a little asterisk next to it if you were entertaining or not during those finals. You're, you're going to get your trophy either way. So if they're starting to go on a run, you just start fouling him. You start fouling him, takes them out of their rhythm. Phoenix is a good enough offensive team that they're not going to have a lot of lulls. They got a lot of guys that can score. I don't see it going past five. No, I mean, I, I ultimately agree with you that the Suns are going to win it because I think Chris Paul is going to have a big game. And 
he's he's still the most experienced playoff performer, even though none, obviously none of them have been in the finals. Only what uh, is it? Jay Crowder and is that it? Is it wasn't there one more that went to the finals? I think it's I think it's only I think it's only Jay Crowder. But either way, they're role players, you know. So it's yeah. a different responsibility than than and you know what Chris Chris Paul has just been through a lot of playoff games, and he's not competing against anyone with finals experience either. But I still think it'll be game six or seven where he has a big game that just closes the series. I, I think he's going to win finals MVP. I, yeah, well, they, he he did have a good first game, and they're going to he's gonna, it's his finals MVP to lose basically. Yeah, because either him or Booker, and Booker would have to go ape shit. They're going to give Chris Paul Booker's going to get doubled first before he goes ape shit. So that's why I think it's going to be Chris Paul. Yeah, it's going to be Chris. They'll they'll give it to Chris Paul. It's in, yeah, and it's just it's, it's, a nice, it's ceremonious. It's a nice thing to put on the shelf. Yeah. Exactly. It's a nice, a nice thing to put up on the shelf. But you're right; they're playing in, against an inexperienced team as well. Uh, I was going through the roster in my head on on. I don't think anyone. Budenholzer is the only one that has championship experience. He was a Spurs assistant, of course. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't think they have any players that are over there. Now they got a really good team. I still think they're one player away as well, though, because Giannis has those those you know shortcomings on him oh yeah give him the ball with three minutes left to go middleton's come from freaking nowhere i mean the guy was a second round pick and a g-league all-star and now he's hitting big shots and you know conference finals and finals he dragged them to the to, to the nba finals i don't like Giannis. it's what it just comes back to because I, I, yeah I, I, mean, don't like Giannis. I mean you know i'm not you know i'm not the biggest Kawhi fan but if you swap Kawhi for Giannis on that team they'll beat the they'll beat the suns I think so. In five. Yeah, they, they would have ran through the entire. Yeah, like Kawhi on the Bucks would beat the Suns for sure. I, I mm-hmm. And he's not even the best player in the league, but I think they fairly, would easily yeah, beat the Suns. And, and, and fairly, fairly easily, they, they would handle, they would handle mm-hmm. the Suns. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, ooh. so we've got some extra stuff going on here. The NBA Finals is tipping off tonight here. Both of us are agreeing the Suns are going to win. I just think it's going to be a lot quicker here. We didn't see if anybody chokes in the NBA finals. We'll see if Budenholzer can make the right moves here because there are coaches, a coach who, you know, wear similar colors to the shirt I have on right now. And if you take that R out, this is exactly what Kyle Shanahan was talking earlier today, talking about if he could take it back, I'd be more conservative in that situation, run the ball uh, at it. For how many years now, since Dan Subos have been yelling and screaming, trying to be the smartest dude in the room, you screwed yourself out of the Super Bowl, Rick. And I mean, as much as you love, uh, you love Shanahan's game and all of that, I think he's going to be starting to head in the wrong direction now. He's going to get figured out. And all these great offenses always start getting figured out. And uh, he doesn't have the personnel. He had the best personnel he ever had in Atlanta. Never, he's more than likely never have another receiver as good as Julio Jones. He may not not to say that Matt Ryan's the greatest quarterback ever, but Matt Ryan's an upper echelon quarterback, has been for a number of years. MVP under Shanahan, the running back complimented his play calling very well, except for when Freeman missed that block on the play that we're talking about right now. But Shanahan coming out in the news uh, and publicly saying, oh, he, you know, if he could take, if he could go back, he could take it back. Of course he could take it back, asshole. We didn't win the damn game. So I honestly think Shanahan should shut the fuck up. What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, yeah, I agree. I don't see the point in talking about it. It was a while exactly. ago. You can't back and change it. If anything, that gives us affirmation that he was one who made the call. Cause I remember when that happened, I was like, was, was it Dan Quinn? Was it him? Like, 
Yeah. I guess now we know it was really him. So I guess there's some closure right there for you. It was um, his call, but, and apparently it was a call, and it came in without a check and uh, an, an audible option. And then, so to the other point you mentioned about his off his offense getting figured out. Uh, I mean, I disagree just because obviously when last year, the year before when San Francisco was healthy, their offense was good enough to go to Super Bowl. But then just look at the NFL. Who, who runs the Shanahan offense? You have the Green Bay Packers, which we all know they're lethal. The St. The Louis Rams with Jared Goff were able to be a, a, a good offense. And we disagree. We disagree on this, but. I think Matt Stafford's going to be an MVP candidate this year. He's light it up. I can't wait to see how Matt Stafford pans out in California. I can't wait. We, could, we can't be further apart on Matt Stafford in, the, in a Rams uniform. You're, you're ready to put down some bread that he may win the MVP of the NFL. And yeah, it's I'm good odds. Saying, and I'm saying he's going to be, well, it's 17 games now. So I'll notch him. I'll, I'll give him the elbow above 500. So instead of eight and eight, it'll be nine and eight because they have an extra game this year. No faith in Matthew Stafford whatsoever. He made Calvin Johnson's body hurt so much that he retired early that he, we got we got robbed of prime Calvin Johnson years because Matt Stafford was just putting his foot in the ground and flinging it in that general direction. But you're right. Why? What's the point, Shanahan? Are you are you trying to weasel your way back to Atlanta? What, what's your, what's the point of coming out? And saying now that you, you know, if you had the opportunity to take it back, of course you would, because hindsight's twenty twenty. To use the cliche, and it didn't work. That's the biggest part. Your play didn't work. If your play worked, Falcons probably still win the Super Bowl. And probably, well, they would have won the Super Bowl because Julio was literally no, it wasn't Julio. It was Laurent Robinson, the number three wide receiver, was literally standing by himself in the end zone. So if, if Freeman does make that block. Matt Ryan's got another, that's his fourth touchdown pass of the Super Bowl. He wins an MVP, yada, 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 the whole time. Dan Quinn's still in Atlanta the whole night. Everybody's situation is completely different if Shanahan makes a, a different call on that last one. Now, we, these were the topics that we had on here. I have one that I forgot but, to ask you that I wanted to chat about. No, I continue. Real, Go ahead. real quick before I move on, because I wanted to finish this, because the, the, that's an interesting point you made about the Shanahan offense, which I think we're going to find out a lot about this year, right? So you have the two probably the best teams that use it, right? You have the Rams and you have um, Green, Bay. Green Bay, right? The other, the other Shanahan disciple, it's a coach is on the Bengals, Zach Steiner, right? Mm-hmm. So now we're going to see year two with Burrow. I don't know how healthy he is because if that system really does work, you, they have an increase in talent. You would expect now the offense to get better. And now the Jets also have that same system. So it's going to be a really important year to see, if that theory is true or not, is the NFL figuring out his offense? Mm-hmm. Because the two teams that do it well have the personnel that would probably do well in almost any offense, right? Well, there's not- always offenses that come through. You see, nobody runs the West Coast anymore. And mm-hmm. for a while, that was the, that was the championship offense, was the West Coast offense. Nobody runs the run and shoot anymore. Now, the Chuck and Duck, a.k.a. run and shoot, never really won anything, just put up good numbers. It was great fantasy. But nobody runs it anymore. After a while, the Wildcat, nobody runs that anymore either. So things usually, they, they do tend to get figured out at some point. Uh, when you're going through the, you're right though. We'll see. This is a really good litmus test there because the amount of teams that are running the offense, running that offense, they're running with Shanahan disciples you know, that learn directly from the dude. It's not, you know, people just picking up his offense by which, you know, like how McVay was, actually, you know, McVay was also underneath him in, in, in yeah, Washington. McVay in Washington, so, exactly. All yeah. The guys that are, yeah, all the guys that are running it 
So we'll see. With Cincinnati, I'm still worried about them being able to block. Uh, mm-hmm. they, yeah, they no, I agree. They, they but they should the be better is what I'm saying. Guy. Better than last year. Yeah, they'll, definitely, they'll definitely be better. They went with the skill position guy in the first pick instead of taking a tackle. Uh, so that's the only thing I'm kind of worried about. Can they block? Because mm-hmm. they, they've got Mixon's, Mixon's uh, an upper echelon running back. Burrow, they know how to fix knees. So I've got pretty, pretty good faith that he's going to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty yep. pretty strong you know, and, and healthy with the knee. Uh, but I'm just worried about them being able to block. If they can block a little bit, they'll be just fine. They got the skill position. Can't mm-hmm. wait football to come back home. And the last thing you mentioned before we get to your last topic uh, was mm-hmm. about – And I, so I think this year, this year can also change the way we look at quarterbacks. You have two examples. You have Matt Stafford in, 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 with the Rams and Sam Darnold with the, with, with the Panthers. I think if those guys play well, we're going to start re-examining how we evaluate quarterbacks because you have two guys that have been in shit situations that everybody said they were shit. Their situation gets better. Now all of a sudden they look like they are where they were drafted. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's going to have coaches being more accountable for guys uh, regressing or progressing. GMs too for not building around. Well, sometimes it's not even the GM because in, in a couple of cases, they, in the instances that you were talking about, there the GM picked the right guy, and they didn't they they didn't uh, you know turn him or mold him or what's the, the word escaping it for a second? I'll come back to me, but they didn't turn that high draft pick into what it, what they were supposed to be. Take and it's coaching ninety nine percent of the time. Take Tannehill, yeah. And I saw a graphic today that they're they're looking at they want to see if Sam Darnold can take that Tannehill jump where he was looking at a guy that had one foot out the door or at least one foot you know, on the sideline holding a clipboard instead of actually in the game and playing. And a change of scenery, a change of philosophy, a change of coaching, and maybe someone who actually coaches as opposed – it looks – I'm basically talking shit about Adam Gase right now, that he looked like he was someone that barked information at people but didn't make sure they were understanding and disseminating the information. Darnold, like a deer in headlights, half the time he was out on the field. And the plays that he made, like all of his highlights, if you, I mean, you saw pretty much every snap the Jets had over the last, you know, your entire life. So mm-hmm. his plays that he made were out of the pocket. They were, they were improvised plays where, you know, he's running for his life because your old line's been trashed for years. And those were the nice throws that he made where it was out of his head, where you didn't have to try to execute Gase's play. He's just got to find somebody on the field. And make a throw, and that's when he's been, he's balled out. That throw that your current quarterback Zach Wilson made, you know, going to the left and you know throwing back across the body. Darnold did that in the Jets uniform last year. He's capable of absolutely every single throw. My only issue is, is USC quarterbacks don't have a good pedigree in the NFL for whatever reason it is. You're a USC quarterback. You turn out to be a Mark Sanchez, a John David Booty, a, a, a late, a, a, almost a Christian late. Uh, Matt Leinert, uh, the hey, but but uh, I mean I think a lot of quarterbacks would take Carson Palmer's career. He's the only one though. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to quote to, to quote coming to America, that's they won. That's they won. Carson Palmer's the only one, and even he was he. Does he have a playoff win? I don't think so. One? Exactly. Now yeah. he did, but, have but in contrast, look at Ohio they State. Blew, they blew me out. But look at Ohio State, for example. They, they don't have anybody. No, have so Justin Fields has no shot. Yeah. yeah if, we're going, if we're going by school pedigree, yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're both, they're both kind, of, kind of screwed. 
there's the, there's the one-offs here and there, of course. But, yeah, I can't – Ohio State, they had Boyer. They had Troy Smith, uh, Cardell Jones. Terrell yeah, Pryor. not a good list. Haskins, not a good <laughs> list. Not a good list for, for, for the Buckeyes there. So, Fields, maybe Fields can hold on to the fact that he was an original Georgia Bulldog. They have had a few quarterbacks come to at least be halfway decent. So we won't pin the full Ohio State on him. He can always say, no, 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 I was a Georgia recruit. I was a Georgia recruit. I mean, that's his one saving grace. In college, nice segue, by the way, there, Enrique, reading my mind there. NILs, so name and image licensing, is an actual real thing in college sports. This is going to change three things. It's going to change, obviously, our video games. We're getting back NCAA football, and I couldn't be happier. It's one of the best video games fucking ever. It's going to change recruiting, and it's going to change how long people stay in school. So I think you may see some guys stay for that senior year because they're making a lot of local advertising money. For instance, a guy, I mean, he actually did stay all four years, but Philip Rivers is a massive star in South Carolina. He would have stayed, he would probably try to redshirt and stay for a fifth year if he was still, if he could have, uh, you know, had the NIL back then. Tebow definitely would have stayed. Oh, yeah. Tebow would have been a super senior, like a six, seven year senior. Yeah, exactly. He he would have been, yeah, like like a Duke basketball player. He would have been there forever. And Cam Johnson. Well, yeah, Cam Johnson, he transferred, redshirted. Yeah, he's like 28 years old. Exactly. But uh, it's going to change recruiting. And I want to see if you agree with me on how it's going to change recruiting. So you have places like, uh, let's grab University of Florida, right? So now everybody's on TV. Back in the day, you were fighting for CBS, NBC, and Fox, ABC on whatever night, right? Now every conference has a channel. ESPN's got the Ocho. I mean, everybody's playing and everybody's on TV. So Florida, this is using the University of Florida as an example. Now you're, you're selling lifestyle, you're selling weather. If you're in a shitty area, let's say the team that Nebraska perennially or historically great program, championship program in the past, struggled recently. Those boosters from Nebraska that had money when they were good in the 90s, most of them are still alive. So now you can openly pay players. Those guys own car dealerships, restaurants. So they're going to have all, yeah, come on, come on down, come on down to Lincoln, Nebraska. We'll go ahead and we'll fill out. We'll get you in some commercials here. We'll make sure that your pockets are full. You're a local star. It's going to change recruiting. You're going to see some players that were maybe looking at going to one of the bigger schools down in the South or one of the bigger schools like Notre Dame and all things of that sort. And they're going to start heading back to those other schools that were historically money-laden and they can squeeze a player here or there or come through just so they can pay him back. What do you think? Am I crazy or do you think that's on? Well, it's. I think it's more, of, it's going, it's more going to affect the top – recruiting schools because I don't think Nick Saban will be able to stockpile five-star town anymore. Yeah. That's what's going to affect more of the schools that recruit the best. It's going to even out recruiting that I think they're still going to be the best recruiters. I think Alabama's still going to get the best players is what I'm saying, but they're not going to be able to stockpile as many. So I think there's going to be more turnover in terms of the, who's the best team is more parity year to year. It'll be harder for Alabama. I mean, maybe Nick Saban's good enough that he can still figure out. I don't know, but but it see, it does definitely give a disadvantage to the schools, but it, and it can also give an advantage to some schools where like, like the Florida schools that are on TV more often, 
you know, you, you'll be able to promote yourself a lot more. And obviously there's no state income tax in Florida too. So that, you oh, know, just as well, so you may mm -hmm. see a team like a TCU or Houston, those teams that were kind of there kind of close. Mm -hmm. you know, I think both of those teams missed the playoffs by not too far in, in, in recent years. The Baylor is another one. Uh, mm -hmm. My beloved Golden Knights of UCF took out Baylor in, uh, I believe it was the Sugar Bowl a few years ago. Those teams, those teams that are just there that can't get that player because they're going to play for Alabama or they're going to USC or they're going to play for wherever Urban Meyer was going to pay them. Now the teams can openly pay people. It's going to be, it's better. It's going to be a good experience for the fans. We're going to have a much broader, it, the, the games are not going to be blowouts as much anymore. I think the talent's going to get spread around because if you're, if you're, you're a star somewhere, you're going to want to go and play right away. So as a freshman, you're going to want, you know, you start getting your commercials and your shoes and whatever you want from there. It's good. The, the game has changed completely. And the NCAA as an, uh, an entity, as, a, as an organization, they're, they're shitting in their pants right now. They don't know what to do. They've had control. Forever. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> it's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. We got 10 minutes to tip off. This is a quick one here. I think we're out of practice. We ran we were talking a little fast. I'll slow it down in, in post. <laughs> so that we drag it out. But I got a mini I'm going to do a little later. Also going to do a, a little white sports segment. Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning back-to-back. -back. That's uh, NHL. I know we never talk anything NHL on here, but Tampa Bay Lightning down here in Florida. I also saw Lightning hit the Everglades twice today, so don't be surprised if there's a fire in the morning. But crack back. We're back on there. We're coming back regularly. None of these long-ass hiatuses anymore. So I'll let you next week. Peace.